Welcome to United Sounds, Jen. Hey, thanks, Abel. How are you? Really good. How are you doing? Good. Good, good. We have such a special guest in the studio today. We're going to rope him right into our conversation because yeah. we're just thrilled to have him. Hello, Graham Colton. Hey. How are you? Special guest who's halfway through a cocktail already. <laughs> I know. Well, that's we're both halfway through cocktails. So. <laughs> all we do is talk about cocktails on the show. <laughs> so. well, when next it helps door. that we're right above a <laughs> yeah. bar. I know. When you're next door <laughs> to savings and loan. I mean. I know they get a lot of shout outs on this podcast. I bet like, we well, they bet. provide ice for yeah. the podcast. Yeah. They just go down so easily. I know. Yeah. It's so good. So smooth. Well, we have, um, you both are drinking old fashions and then we actually have some tequila in the studio today. We from do. The, the oh, um, mostly local tequila. Yeah. It's Oklahoma owned tequila. I didn't know Oklahoma had a tequila owner. Right. I didn't either. And I was thinking about maybe it being made here, but then we don't grow what it takes to make tequila in Oklahoma. <laughs> no, we don't. No. And if you're familiar with the tequila. Not huge agave. Agave is not a big uh, cash crop. Not a huge agave. I mean, at times it's probably hot here. enough, but I think it gets too cold. This is the problem. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to, like, I'm excited oh, yeah, to taste this. this. Yeah. Anybody? Graham, it's delicious. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's taste it right now. Let's, let's do it. I'm double fisting it with my old fashioned in my fashion. right hand and the tequila in my left hand. Your wife and is going to be really mad the at The microphone us. somewhere <laughs> this, in the this middle. This episode's also brought to you by Uber. Yeah. <laughs> we do need to get them to sponsor this, us. Ooh, that is delicious. That's delicious. That's delicious. That's tasty. That is tasty mm. stuff. You know, I've for a long time been trying to become mm, a sip and tequila drinker. And um, I am. A, I love sipping tequila. That's, that's I will, I've nice. always been trying to do the uh, the añejos. Is it añejos or the darker ones? And this is a I, clear. I believe I'm still really new at tequilas, but right yeah, on. this is a it's clear pretty, tequila, and I like it a lot. It's mm, it's like it's I got like kind of smoky. Smell. It's it's yeah. almost more mezcali than tequila. I, I would say. Yeah. Look at you go. Look at you with your uh, with yeah. your descriptors. I've got some, Boozy knowledge. I like it. There. Abel's yeah. really good at as this we continue stuff. drinking. It'll get it'll get more and more. No more mezcali. <laughs> <laughs> go back to the old fashioned. Though. That was it's more my speed. I'm gonna stick with the tequila tonight. So do um, it. Yeah. Well, Graham, we're so happy to have you. Um, it's just it's it's so great. So um, I don't even know where to start. So basically, you know, we always uh, on our show have an entrepreneur, business-minded entrepreneur, and then also an artist. And I'm I none of those things. I decided you fell under both categories. So Not, not great it, at either, but it's, it's like you I guess get, technically I've accidentally found my way into being both of well, those things. You're you're very good at both, and I can say well, that because I've worked with you for about a year and a half now. That's true. That's right. Isn't that weird? That's like really weird. I worked. It's for, strange how fast time flies when you get older. I know. Yeah. I agree. Because um, I started with V3 about uh, last November. Yeah. And then before that, we'd worked on some Fanswell shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, I, I, I always I want to take a second just to um, let our listeners know uh, how wonderful it is to work for you. Well, that's really alongside. nice. Well, I don't feel like you work for me. I feel like you work with me. Well, thank you. And but I really mean that. I mean, you're extraordinary. So, thank you. I'm lucky to have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I feel like you're such a, you're such a good um, leader and you're such a good team player. Um, well, thanks. And really, like, like when we first sat down at Starbucks to talk about Fanswell stuff, like, I mean, I could tell you had like so many plates spinning. You're like, okay, this is what we're doing. And yeah. I have, I'm off to my next meeting. I'm like, okay. You know, was, I was yeah. a little, I was like, I don't know what, I'm going to just try this. I'm going to try to do like right. the best I can for you. And then uh, when I, as we got to work together and know each other more, I just, 
um, you are you just work so well with all of your teammates and you care about your teammates and your clients and well, our thanks. projects and have such a passion for it. So it's just really been a pleasure. Well, I that's really nice. Thank you. you. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to, you know, we want to interview you on both ends of like mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur, being an artist, which it, you know, can be both because yeah. ultimately the caliber of artists that you are, it is a business, right? you know, right. so, um, and you have a lot of, uh, knowledge in the music industry and being an artist. And I think that it's really valuable to a lot of these young artists who are starting off or really, um, trying to launch their music career, uh, just your journey and just your knowledge and it's been know. a journey. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of ups and downs for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it really does, uh, it's appropriate that we're, we're in my hometown, our hometown, Oklahoma city, mm-hmm. because it, so much of it, I think has, has been, um, just that I've chosen to, to, um, to come home in 2007, which is when I moved back and, yeah. and really from 2007 to now, um, you know, the city has just become just the growth and the Renaissance that we're all experiencing in Oklahoma city, Mm -hmm. um, especially in the arts. Um, it'll keep me here and, um, I want to be here and I love my city so much. So I, I think the entrepreneurial side of me, um, has, has just been sort of directly paralleled because I'm just so inspired by what's happening in my city. Yeah. Well, and you're a great example. I mean, um, especially with our local artists here, I always, I like to tell um, people that it's like, we need to nurture our artists because again, you're an example of an artist who um, has been out and about and has chosen to come back home and to serve your city and to be here and be a part of what's going on here. And I just, you know, I think that's a big deal. That's a, it's, we're, you know, it's a big deal to have you here and to have, you know, the work and your experience and your talent. And well, thanks. Yeah, it is. I mean, so I just, um, yeah. So you have, I don't even know where you want to start on talking about like either God, projects or music. I don't know either. Cause <laughs> you know, I just feel like right now where I am, um, as an Oklahoma city native with, with now two kids, um, and dipping my toe in the water of several different things that have inspired me that are not, um, starting, you know, I, I, for, I mean, for 12 years, well, actually more than like, more like 15 years, it was wake up every day and be in the Graham Colton business. Mm-hmm. And that's had its ups and downs. And there, there was never a right or a wrong on how to be in that business because technology has changed everything. When I first started, when I was 18 in high school and about to go to college, I mean, it was Napster. Mm-hmm. That oh, was, yeah. that was it. Yeah. You know, and that was the new thing. That was that was the unknown sort of like you could put a song on the internet and then it goes somewhere and people who have computers in dorm rooms download it. <laughs> yeah, that's that was that's me. So crazy. Yeah. And it was like I remember even like a, a, a weekend uh, of my, you know, I had a Dell computer mm-hmm. of just trying to figure out how do you put a song like on you you just record it. <laughs> So I paid a guy $50 to record three songs and then I took the CD and I somehow imported it into, into my computer, uh-huh. my Dell yeah, in yeah. my mom's guest bedroom, which was my bedroom at the time <laughs> in between my senior year and my freshman year of college. <laughs> and then it was like, and then you upload it to this weird, remember that thing that Napster, it was like that, that window uh-huh. that you, 
it just kind of looked like a bunch of ones and zeros, you know, it was like, and I did, I was like, is it, is it up there? Like, is that what, is it, is what happens now? And then, and then honestly, by the time I got to, uh, Dallas, which is where I started school, uh, my freshman year, it was like, that was the thing. It was like, if you were a singer songwriter and you had some original music and I, I, I guess if it was halfway decent, there was an audience out there because it just kind of seemed like then that was what people were wanting. Mm -hmm. Probably had a lot to do with that was right around the time John Mayer was really kind of the post Dave Matthews, like college rock singer, songwriter, pop dude. Mm -hmm. And anything that was remotely in that wheelhouse was just getting (laughs) absorbed. Yeah. Um, So from that time to now, I mean, you're just talking about like, I mean, how much stuff has happened from Napster to where we are now in music. Yeah. So being in the Graham Colton business as a, as a singer songwriter and being on a major label and being dropped from a major label and being an, as an, an independent artist moving home, mm-hmm. uh, mul- you know, trips every other week, every other week to Nashville and LA still trying to do it. You know, you, you never figure it out. Yeah. Cause it yeah. just, everything just, I, th- I think we're in this, it's the wild west Yeah, absolutely. in music still. True. Just when you think you've like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is the strategy. It changes. Mm. So, um, I, I, I think the entrepreneurial side sort of kicked in just needing to take my foot off the gas. I, I, I just, after I made my last record called lonely ones, which was such an amazing experience because it was the first album that I made wrote in Oklahoma with my friends, bandmates, did a Kickstarter campaign. So it was kind of like got all the support that I ever dreamed of before the album was even made. Mm, yeah. So when it came time to release it, um, I had already won, which was great, but I was still sort of, you know, that was in 2013. So I was still sort of, you know, comparing it to the album in 2011 Mm -hmm. and, you know, and that album was compared to the album in 2008, which was on Universal Records. So <clears throat> you can't compare, you know, your musical, uh, you know, successes or failures from what you did a couple of years ago because it just changes. Everything is changing so quickly. Yeah. So um, the entrepreneurial side, I think, just kind of kicked in of just needing to, needing and wanting to be inspired in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fanswell was the next thing after, uh, that album. And that was just kind of a love of playing house concerts. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's everything I do. I, you know, I, I, I can't do anything without looking at it through a musical, uh, uh, lens. Yeah. I just, I mean, even, I, I don't even think, I'll ever get to a place where I don't call myself a singer and a songwriter first. Right. It's like whatever I do, even though I'm not like a, a, a popular, um, you know, worldly renowned singer and songwriter, it's kind of like the thing that I will always categorize myself with first. Yeah. And it makes you so valuable in all of the other work you do, because especially, I mean, 
personally, the projects we've worked on, I've seen that from you of like, you come in to a, you know, a project and you're like, this is, you know, this is my experience as a singer songwriter. And it just, it, it's so valuable to like our clients and to the oh, situation. Thanks. And, you know, even all of the, all of the knowledge with, you know, the sound and the setup and the, you know, hospitality, I mean, just coming from an artist and it's just, it's, it's pretty awesome. Like to watch you be able to have that uh, spin on things. Well, thanks. And, I mean, I, I will say, you know, when I dropped out of college to go on tour with Counting Crows, that was the, I would have dropped out anyway. You would have. Yeah. You kind of mentioned you regretted dropping out though. I, I regret it now. You do. Um, I just missed a college experience. Yeah. And when I say experience, I don't mean the classroom. I just mean like, you know, I, I got to play all these colleges and universities, but I just, I, I never had, you know, a group of friends in college. I never, I was, I was immediately like the minute I got there, I was playing. Yeah. Um, but that's not a bad reason to drop out of college. To it go wasn't. Yeah. It, it was, it was the perfect storm again of, of being able to go on tour with my favorite band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, from that moment on, it was like, I never stopped. You know, it was like, I called my parents. I even called my professors. <laughs> it was like, I'm gonna have to email you my final, <laughs> you know, my final exam. And, um, it was just off to the races at that point. Um, but I, you know, getting back to like the entrepreneurial side, I, I don't feel like, uh, I don't feel like any classroom could have taught me what I learned on the road. Yeah. And so much of it was just people, mm. just how to, sure. how to deal with people. I made so many mistakes. Mm. I made so many mistakes in my, in my band, mm. which was the tightest group of guys that I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. Um, close quarters, close quarters, you know, um, in a van for 200 nights out of the year for four and five years, broke down on Thanksgiving twice. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm just, you know, there were just, you just can't teach how to deal with those real life experiences. And I did not handle the majority of them. Well, I was Mm -hmm. 22 years old, Mm -hmm. you know, and now at 34, that's so interesting. I look back and I'm just like, I could have handled things so much better. I could have communicated better, but it's all a learning experience. And so those experiences being a singer songwriter and a band member, Mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, I turned 21 on the road. Wow. You know, I mean, there were, there were several times where, like I said, I mean, we holidays and different, you know, just different experiences that the, the world throws at you that you just can't get in a classroom or a college campus or, mm-hmm. and it was, it was a tremendous experience to learn from. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't regret any of it. So I think that's helped a lot. Yeah. It's, and it's a whole different kind of education, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was a, it was a whole different type of education for sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, that was, that was a big part of, you know, in the early 2000s, it was just kind of like there were, it, it felt like there were such limited amount of people that were even able to go on the road and have songs and a CD and mm-hmm. a van mm-hmm. and a band. Yeah. And I had all those things. Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of just like, again, it was, it was like the wild west. It was just the, the, the great unknown. And you were, if you had those things and you were able to do it, um, and you were halfway decent, you could open for all these bands. Mm. That's what it felt like. And I just didn't know any better. I was, I just didn't know that like, Oh man, this is like not totally normal. And there will come a day where 
you know, um, you're just going to, I wish I could have told myself to just like stop and look around because this is really special. Yeah. What were some of your favorite, I mean, looking back on that time of just, it sounds like a lot of highs and a lot of lows and like, what were some of your highs and what were some of your lows? Um, I mean, the highs of course were getting to tour with my musical heroes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, when I say that, I mean, it was like strangely like, Counting Crows was the first, that's not true. Better Than Ezra was the first real band that when I say really took me under their wing, um, it was those guys. Um, From getting to write and spend a lot of time in New Orleans with Kevin Griffin, the singer, Mm -hmm. um, main songwriter of Better Than Ezra, who's now a force in Nashville. He's writing everything for everyone. Um, Between Better Than Ezra and Counting Crows, Wallflowers, Mm you know, and then of course into, into Dave Matthews and Guster and, um, those were like bands that, you know, when I got my driver's license, I was like blasting those songs in high school. I was ripping them off to write my own songs. And then (laughs) five years later I'm on the road with them and that, that, I mean the highest of highs and then getting to play these places that again at 21 and 22, you're, you're just like, you're playing Hammerstein Ballroom in New York three nights in a row. Yeah. And you're just like, what in the hell is happening? Like I was playing a Mexican food restaurant three years ago. You right. know? <laughs> um, so, you know, th- the highest of highs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the low points were just, you know, being away from family. And it was, it was all about just playing and playing and playing. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really think that the lowest points for me were just, you know, I was on the road with my best friends and everything happened so fast. We got a record deal so fast and nobody was there to sort of tell us to just stop and like, you know, just realize what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just, I wish that, I don't know, I just feel really bad still on on not being uh, experienced enough to to just wrap my arms around those guys that were with me and just understand that any issues they were dealing with or pain they had or problems, you know, it, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about, it was just, it was just, man, you just, it's tough out there. Yeah. And knowing, looking back on that now, I, I, I think that I could have just handled it better, you know? And and it's scary. I mean, at 21, 22 years old, yeah, you don't, you're just, you, you know, know, you're in motels every night and not hotels, motels. <laughs> um, the classy. Oh yeah. I mean, we had a time I remember when I was, I guess this was, I, it's all a blur, but we were staying outside of New Jersey cause we were playing, uh, playing this club called saints, which was either, I don't think it was in Asbury park cause that's the stone pony but it was somewhere outside of New Jersey and we were going into Manhattan the next day and we were staying at a red roof Inn, mm-hmm. and we went to sleep and we always would get two rooms and we had five band members. So, you know, we would switch off. So it was two band members in one room and then it was three in the other and <laughs> some we rotated who got the rollaway bed or the floor. Oh my yeah. gosh. And it just so happened that, uh, I can't believe I'm telling this story. I don't know why we're, we're on, on this topic, but it's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and it just so happened that they did not, we were on the ground floor of the Red Roof Inn. 
they did not give us rooms next to each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were separated by an empty room. So we were in 101, empty room 102, and the rest of my band was in 103. Just so happened, early in the morning, 6 a.m., uh, a car drove through room 102. Oh, oh my wow. god! Like into the room. Oh, my. <laughs> So, wow. geez, that's like, and my band it. members in one Oh three did not wake up. Oh. Yeah. They were just, <laughs> they had partied the night before. And <laughs> I mean, taking some horse tranquilizers. Oh, or what? I mean, I mean, like. We, we, we went hard. Yeah. yeah. We went hard in those days. Um, oh so, you know, goodness. we, <laughs> there's a lot of stories so like funny. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've, I've picked band members up in jail. <laughs> Um, not for anything crazy, you know, just the normal stuff. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause you're like, your life is pretty like relatively calm right now. Like you just oh, got back I from a am, Halloween party am, with your I, I might daughter. as well be 75, 80 years old. You know this about me. I know. I my friends it. give me, can I curse? Yeah. My friends give me so much shit, but, uh, yeah, I, I have, I have been out late more than them combined. Right. For, I mean, 200 days a year. I, I deserve you to pay your party. Dues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well it's, it's, but it's also cool to hear your awareness of like reflecting back and because it's interesting because um, especially on a lot of the projects we've worked on, there's been a lot of fires and you yeah. have handled them very well. And so it's interesting <laughs> to see you think back on the way you've handled things or the way you, you know, the, what you're saying about your bandmates is like, that's how you act to people now. You know, you do, you, you are very nurturing to your teammates and people around you. And so it's like, okay, you've, it's, it's interesting to hear that you reflect back and you've kind of become the person that you have wanted to be. I I mean, that's, it's a growth process obviously, but I think the way I try to handle people now, um, is definitely like, uh, it, it's, uh, it comes from a place of, of not doing a great job back then. And that's not, I, I hope it doesn't come off like I was, you know, just a total dick. <laughs> it, it was really just, you know, I had no experience with, with intense situations and real life adult problems. Yeah. Um, and again, in close quarters, um, you just, the heat gets turned up mm-hmm. and you know, you're drinking every night mm-hmm. and, you're, you know, it's, it's, it's hard and, and we're all kind of artists and we're insecure and we, we, so I, I think I'm better. Um, you know, there still is a lot of, I think sort of the, um, I still, I think have a lot of the like lead singer CEO personality that gets the best of me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that also has come in handy, you know, uh, ho- hopefully it's, it's, it's a leadership quality. I think um, so. yeah. but you know, you just learn mm-hmm. and I, I don't regret anything about those days because it's, 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 I am where I am now. And, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I wish that I could have, you know, like I said, handled some things better just with more experience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you, I mean, yeah, you, um, 
I think it's interesting that you have both uh, experiences of, you know, being on a major label and also being an independent artist because it's starting to be really, you know, it's coming to light that uh, there's a lot of people who want are choosing to be independent artists. And I think, what yeah. do you think the pros and cons are of that? Um, oh man, the pros and cons of being an independent artist or a major label signed, whatever you want to call it, artist. I mean, I don't even know what that means anymore. Yeah. Signed artist, major label artist. I, I mean, you know, I, I think it, it, it's so open these days to what that is. Um, I think the newer artists are so much smarter and better educated. I think if you would have asked an artist or a high school kid, you know, 15 years ago, what success looks like, I think that artist would say, oh, it's a tour bus, it's arenas, it's MTV, mm. it's platinum. Yeah. All right. I think if you were to ask an artist, even a kid in high school, what success looks like to him, I think you get a totally different answer. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think that is so cool. Yeah. Um, I think that success and what that means is changing. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it will continue to change as technology. It, it helps us more. Mm -hmm. Um you know, I, unfortunately, I, I don't think that the working class musician is ever going to be rich, mm -hmm. but I think there's so many other ways that we, um, are rewarded for staying true to our craft. Yeah. And I really mean that. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps me wanting to be a singer songwriter first before everything is just the ability to be an artist and, um, you know, I, I still have this feeling of when I'm writing a song or I'm getting together that, that, you know, there's really very little other professions in art that you can create something in five, 10 minutes that can change your life forever. Yeah. And I have experienced that truly. Mm -hmm. And that is the coolest thing. I mean, I can literally tell you the moment I wrote a song and sometimes you know it when it happens and sometimes you don't really know what you've written and what th the things that happen because of that stupid little song that you wrote mm -hmm. and it literally alters your entire life. Mm -hmm. And that is really cool. Yeah. And that feeling it's, I'm sure it's like what people that are oil men, you know, they find this thing and they dig a hole in the ground and then it, you know, it, it's yeah. this, I'm sure it's the same feeling. I, I I don't That'd know what strike. that feels like, Yeah, absolutely. but it really is. It's like you have this thing and it's an idea and it's even a part of your past and you want to write about it and you have a melody mm -hmm. and you're usually in a room like this Yeah, and you write it and then you record it and you send it out into the world <laughs> and your life, <coughs> your life has changed forever. Yeah. That's really cool. And that's what keeps yeah. me, keeps me doing it. When you've, re re you've released, um, Quite a few singles this past year. So is it three? Have you released three singles? I don't even know. You have uh, the one three, with four. Emily. Is it yeah. Emily Hearn? Um, um, and then four. Four. And one with Maggie. Yeah. 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 Four, 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 four singles. Yeah. 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 And really it's not, it's, I mean, I just call them singles because I don't have the patience or the drive to do an EP or an album. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's, that's lazy or if it's just, I just don't, I'm just not really driven right now to have a collection of songs that represents like an album or an EP. I just, 
Mm-hmm. It's really nice right now to just, if I have a song that I think people will like and I like it, to just release it. It's actually the closest, feels a lot like when I first started mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool that what you were saying about technology changing so much that we're in a place that you can do that, you know? I mean, you know, back yeah. in the day, there you wouldn't have been able to just, you know, record a song that you like and release it and that, you know, as many people as want to can hear it. Yeah. You know, so I think that kind of speaks to what you're saying about technology and uh, being that that's something that is readily accessible to do. Well, it was just, I mean, like in high school, for example, what was so great about that time is there was nothing to compare it to. Mm -hmm. I had, I only had three songs. So those songs went on the internet. Yeah. (laughs) And as, as some things started to happen and, and, um, you know, you, you, you get better as a singer or a songwriter, you start to get mathematical and you start to get, um, business oriented and you're kind of like, okay, this song worked. So what if I sort of did what that song did, but I added this to it and that is the worst thing to do. (laughs) So now I'm in this place where, yeah, I've kind of put, I put, um, a little bit more of an entrepreneurial, hat on but the creative side of me feels like completely free yeah cool and which reminds me of high school it reminds me of not giving a shit about the label or hot ac radio or the itunes singer songwriter chart Mm -hmm. or facebook followers or how many likes i have on instagram like i mean it's just there was a dark time when i had just gotten dropped from universal when it was like I had to put food on the table for my family being in the Graham Colton business. And it was awful just cause you know, it is, it's like you open a laptop and you find yourself on your Facebook page more than, you know, with a guitar or it's just hard. Yeah. So I'm in a really good place now and it's, it fortunately, um, yeah, some of these little songs have been doing well. And I, I think it's just, you know, I really think it's when you just sort of exhale and you stop, it's this weird balance, right? Because it's like, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about being an entrepreneur, uh, an entrepreneur as a singer or a songwriter or a band member. That's awesome. And you have to have that. You have to have that drive and strategy and you want to get your band out there and you want to sell, you have to sell, copies and you want people at your shows and you sell tickets. Mm -hmm. But then there's this other side of it that if you're too calculated and too mathematical, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Kind of lose that creative spirit almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything that's happened to me for the good, there's been a lot more bad. Um, But all that has happened because it's happened in a way I didn't anticipate. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that I, I, I didn't like, there wasn't drive or passion or hard work or you know, I, I didn't, it's not that I just, you know, had a blank canvas and threw a bunch of crap against the wall, Mm -hmm. but, but there is something that sort of happens and there's a balance there of, of you just have to let things go when you create it and put it out there. And, you know, especially nowadays, nobody wants to hear you sell yourself on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get more likes on my, my three-year-old's Halloween costume photo <laughs> than the True. new album cover of my next single. Right. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah. What is Coco this year, by the way? 
Well, we have a collection of rotating okay. Halloween costumes. Yeah, you kind of we have know. the witch costume, <laughs> which is the, the number one. It's a pretty right. heavy rotation. We did that tonight. <laughs> and what will happen over the weekend, because it will be a long Halloween weekend, is she will freak out and we'll have to go to the backup costume. <laughs> we'll wear that. Right. And then, of course, there's going to be the complete freak out where we're just going to have to make up a costume. <laughs> where she will refuse to wear the second costume. I love hearing Coco stories. <laughs> like, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're great. <laughs> not, to, not to get, I mean, we could talk about your kids forever, but um, yeah. So you, you are playing a song for us tonight. Tell us what song you chose to bring to us and play. Yeah. Um, it's called lightning and bottles and I wrote it in Nashville um, a little over a year ago. And it's, it, it kind of represents where I am musically. It, it's a song that um, I put on my SoundCloud page um, and I just never got around to recording it, mm -hmm. but I think I've played it at every show I've played since I wrote it. Yeah. But okay. I just don't even really have a desire to just record it because I like the demo. It was, we just did it on the spot. And um, so I, I don't even like, it's just kind of, again, freeing to just be like, yeah, this is the song. Mm -hmm. We recorded it right mm -hmm. then and there. And all it is is a song. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I like I like it. It's a good song. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we want to talk more about recording because um, we're going to talk about your studio, your recording, recording studio, yeah. Lunar Manor. But um, before we talk about that, I wanted to touch real quick on the Jones and V3 and some of those yeah. Um, yeah. projects that you have going right now. Yeah. Um, well, when I moved back to Oklahoma City, um, and more recently, I should say, I, I just found myself meeting a bunch of great creative people like yourself. Um, and I, I think it's just, I guess I naturally gravitated towards people that were doing cool things. Um, and, um, the herd on herd festival in Edmond was, was one of them. Um, and I was lucky to work with my friend, Matt Stansberry on that. And we found ourselves being just two musician dudes that, had a lot of experience knowing what not to do with, you know, yeah. uh, with yeah, playing concerts and, uh, what stage to get and lights and sound and what was right. And we, I, I think that really, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I don't have great experience with events or planning events. I just have a lot of experience with playing a lot of crappy places and, um, you know, a lot more times I've played to no people in the audience than thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And in a way that kind of gives you this experience <laughs> that you can, you know, what works and you know what, what people are going to like and how to create an experience for musicians and, uh, concert goers. And so the herd on herd festival, um, has been this great little organic thing that we've had a small part of, and we really formed a little, company around it called v3 alliance mm -hmm. um and we recruited a badass named jen maynard well, thank that's you, you. She's pretty awesome I appreciate it over here drinking um, the tequila and <laughs> that turned into live on the green in bricktown uh peace love and goodwill festival in the myriad gardens um the exchange on film row mm -hmm. um among some other projects as well and it's just been this great little thing that i've been able to rely on you know some some music uh again, sort of looking at things 
through, you know, a musical performance lens. Um, seems like all the projects that we've done have a music yeah. uh, connotation. Well, yeah, uh, and going back to you and Matt, both as artists, and um, you know, again, knowing not what not to do or how yeah. to. It, it's you know that advice and that. Um, you really, you guys can consult your clients on like, this is really what's going to make this a good show or a good event. And it's, it's yeah. Really and valuable. I think the, a big thing too, was just that we, we love Oklahoma city. We know where we're headed and, mm-hmm. but there's a, um, we just, we just kind of, I don't know. I feel like I, I know what people want here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's helped a lot too. Uh, of just being able to travel for the last 10 years and see a lot of stuff and meet a lot of people. And you you get to apply that to my hometown with some of these new, um, really ambitious people that are putting on things like exchange on film row or heard on herd peace, love and goodwill. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see where V3 Alliance goes. Um, it, we're, we're definitely, it, it almost feels like a new band. It's just kind of like, yeah, we, we have some things going on and we're honest with them and we're really having a lot of fun. And we're, we're just sort of saying, we believe that our city will support things like this. Mm-hmm. And it's, <laughs> and it's really collaborative. Yeah. You know, I wish that we could take a lot of credit, but we really, it's really about just learning about these people that want to do these big, great, vivid things and we just get to support them. Yeah. Um, and you know, so the big thing that is, is, um, not only taking up a lot of time, but it's really been six or seven years in the making is the Jones assembly, which is, um, just something I'm just beyond honored to be a part of with my partners, Brittany Sanger and Brian Bogert Mm -hmm. and Fred Hall. Yeah. Um, so that, that represents such a, I mean, I think when I came home in 2007, we were talking about this. We were talking about something, something in Oklahoma city that was either a venue, had a musical element. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what the Jones assembly is going to be like the direction or what it is? Yeah. First of all, a lot of people aren't familiar at all. Well, what it, what it is now is obviously the Jones assembly is part of the old Fred Jones manufacturing plant, which Mm -hmm. is just an incredible historic Model T factory, mm-hmm. which is a treasure from Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. Uh, the 21C Hotel Group took the main facility, which is a four-floor facility um, on Main Street. And our building is directly to the south, which was um, a very unique building in that uh, the building to the, to the east was two floors, and the building to the west was kind of a curved um, one story kind of warehouse structure. So a lot of history there, a lot of really unique architecture. And when that building became available, um, everything sort of changed because we just let the building tell us what to do with it. And we first was like, oh, well, let's just do a music venue and we'll put it over here in this one story building and we'll, we'll do the other side next. And then we just started digging in and digging in and thinking about what Oklahoma city really needed. And it, it just became like, well, we got to have food and we got to have a great cocktail program and we really need this outdoor space. Mm -hmm. So now it's just become this total adult playground. It's, it's just, so it's really hard to describe what it is because we're doing so many things, but the most, the, the thing that's most exciting is, um, our chef, 
who we begged to come home is Brittany Sanger. Sure. She's French trained. She's been on both coasts, Los Angeles and Boston. Um, we got her to come home and be our executive chef. And she's taking kind of a French approach to Oklahoma favorite foods. Yeah. Oh, so cool. you, we're going to have just really fun, approachable, amazing food. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're lucky to have Fred Hall be such a music fan. And with his commitment to OKC Fest and mm-hmm. music in general, um, we are putting major emphasis when we do concerts to make them huge and amazing and national. Because cool. you guys, I mean, it's a, what, 1,500? We the can do 1,500 standing indoor, outdoor. Wow. Um, mm, but for the, the majority of the time, if you just want to go have lunch at the Jones or Sunday brunch, which we'll do, or dinner, um, the space is just 100% flexible. Cool. We have movable walls. We have... Um, garage doors that open to the exterior just because we have such amazing weather here we wanted to have a space that would be indoor outdoor yeah um sometimes it's nice yeah sometimes <laughs> um so it's evo- it's evolved it took us a couple years with an architect to really figure out what we wanted it to be yeah um and fortunately we had we have partners that really allowed us to just use our imagination mm-hmm. um and we're just super lucky. So we're, we're, we're going to open next year and um, I'm excited to unveil it. Yeah. Well, and I've had a sneak peek into the Jones <laughs> and I'm so impressed. Like it is so uh, innovative and versatile. Like you were saying, just movable walls. And yeah. and um, it's it was really exciting to kind of see your role in it because I know it's taken up a ton of time and you've been really busy with it. But like... Um, you know, I'm walking through it and all the colors and the design. I'm like, Graham, like who, who designed this? He's like, well, I did. Me and Brian you know? and, me and Brittany. Yeah. I mean, I mean we, yeah. we, we did it as a team. I mean, there's, but it's like, you have a good, I, I know your eye. I've seen, you know, I've seen your office. You have a good eye, you know, you have well, good thanks. style or whatever, but, um, thanks. and then just like some of the things that you had, uh, brought like the vinyl wall and like, there's going to be a record. Yeah. Ag- again, I mean, I mean, whether, whether I've made, terrible design choices or, <laughs> or really good ones. A lot of them are just places that I've seen and, you know, um, yeah, I mean, we're doing a big vinyl, um, kind of jukebox wall that I f- kind of, um, kind of ripped off a place in San Francisco that I love Great. that did that. And, um, there was just a lot of, uh, times where we were just like, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this mm-hmm. or do that? Mm-hmm. And fortunately, again, we have partners that were just like, go do it. I'm just impressed that you guys did. I mean, that's a lot. Of, it's, I, I know it's been a lot of work. I know it's been, you know, a lot of time, but yeah. I, really when I got to see it, I was like, wow, this is, you guys have done a great job. Well, thanks. And I mean, so much of it though, is just Oklahoma city. I mean, I, I, I I'm not saying that because, <laughs> because I'm, I'm a, you know, trying to, to just wave the Oklahoma city banner. Um, but we're ready for this and we're ready for so many things that are innovative. I mean, look at all the stuff that's look at the Wheeler district. Yeah. Look at the, you know, the river, look at all these things that are super exciting time to be here. Look at all these things that are just like nationally, like one of a kind things that people are supporting, Yep. you know? And I think the Jones is the same, is the same kind of place. Yeah. It, I really believe that. I think that, um, 
this will be a place for people to do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Can't wait. Well, um, tell let we're going let's have you perform and kind of give us uh, our listeners where they can find you and what you have coming next. And then we are going to um, we are breaking our podcast up into part one and part two. So this is our part one, and then part two we'll, we will be coming back next week um, talking about Lunar Manor Recording Studio, which is your recording studio. We will have Vana Pearl in the studio and performing and interview them. So um, yeah, let us know kind of where we can find your projects, where we can find what you're doing and keep up with you on social media or uh, yeah. any sites? Um, GrahamColton.com. Sweet. Easiest, easiest place. Um, or you can find me in the carpool line. <laughs> at Picking up three Coco in her costume. 3 o'clock p.m. Um, <laughs> and usually running about five minutes late <laughs> at 8 a.m. Dropping her off. That's where you can find I know, me. We drop our kids off at the same time. We're like, you can hear like a quick conversation, yeah. like kids screaming in yeah. the back. We're like, okay, I got, yeah. it, got it. Got it. Check. Yeah. That's where you'll find me. Yep. Got it. Um, cool. And um, awesome. Well, tell us again, your song that you're performing. And yeah. This song is called lightning in bottles cool. and I think it's called lightning in bottles and wrote it a while ago. And we'll see if I record it for real soon. Very cool. cool. Well, um, thank you, Graham. And yeah. we you. look forward to hearing from you on part two of our podcast. Sounds so. great. <laughs> so our <laughs> listeners can stay tuned for next week. But you can find us at Grounded Sounds on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Grounded Sounds OK on Facebook. And um, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Running in circles Catching lightning in bottles Lost in my mind like a child I can't put this wildfire out I can't help the bleeding You're holding my heart while it's beating it's only my world that you're stealing But I don't want to stop you now Falling stars still shine Ooh, It's all up to you And I'll be the fool If you want it that way Ooh, I'm breaking the rules It's all I can do To get you to stay There's nothing behind me But glimpses of you to remind me And who knew the darkness was blinding It's keeping me under your spell Falling stars 
Thank you. Yeah.